Are you, are you recording? Yeah. Are you recording? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to live on this podcast rewrap the burrito the way they do it at Chipotle. Okay. Or at least attempt to. This is a thrilling start. I did it. That was really good for everybody to hear and see. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, episode sixty-nine. It is your boy Ethan, aka Bro Apostle, and I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. I am. Welcome s- to a very nice episode of the Crunch. It's extremely nice episode of the Crunch. I am so dead. I'm dead. I'm dying. I'm. Yeah, my body is in the ground, and I had to claw my way back up to do this episode. Uh, what What was your drive like last night? Oh, Patrick, let me tell you something. So, for those that don't know, me and Pat were at. The Student Leadership Summit, the Focus Conference this past week. Um, we just got back. I just got back. Shout out 8,000 people. Shout out all the 8,000 people that were there. Um, we'll do some, maybe some individual shout outs at the end. But I, so we got back. So we left. So the conference ended at 1230. We had mass with Cardinal Supich, which was the first time I ever went to mass uh, with a cardinal. So that was pretty cool. No way. Yeah. Um, there's not many Cardinals around Kansas, so that was, that was exciting. Um, and then we left, we didn't leave until three, we didn't leave until four. So we had like three hours to go and we went, oh my gosh, Patrick, sorry, this isn't even about the drive. I have to tell you about this. So, okay. I'm so excited. I'm so, okay. So if anybody of you follow me on Twitter, you might've seen that I posted some pictures of the Basilica or one of the Basilicas, one of the three Basilicas in, uh. Uh, Chicago and I walked into this church so it was the Basilica shrine of Our Lady of Sorrows but it wasn't the shrine for Our Lady of Sorrows it was a shrine for St. Peregrine for so for those who don't know St. Peregrine is a servite um, saint so it was a basilica run by the friar servants of Mary and their servite order and they uh, St. Peregrine is the patron saint of those with cancer and um, like other illnesses like that. So, um, so this is oh gosh, so there's so many levels to this. So this is and crazy. He has a falcon named after him. Exactly, exactly. Um, so <laughs> we get so we get to the so we take an Uber. We take an Uber to this basilica. It's like 20 minutes away from the convention center, and we get there, and the car ahead of us calls us, and they're like, "Hey, the basilica's closed." And we were like. No, this is all we wanted to do no. is to go see this basilica. There were about 20 of us. And we started freaking out. So everybody got there, and literally it's just a bunch of young 20-year-olds piling out of an Uber on the front steps of a basilica and in the middle of this weird neighborhood. It was just it was very, it was very strange. So we walk over to the rectory, and we start pang- panging, pounding, pounding on the door, banging and pounding um, on the door, and they like have this little microphone. They're like, what do you want? We're like, we're here. And we want to see the Basilica. And they're like, okay. And they open it up and we tell them why we're there. And they give us a little bit of history on the place. And then we walk into this church. And Patrick, let me tell you, I immediately teared up. Like it was, it's probably one of the most beautiful churches, if not the most beautiful church I've ever been to in my entire life. And I don't know if it was just because I was really, really tired and I was really emotional from the week, but like. <laughs> walking there and then hearing all week about evangelization and hearing all week about 
you know, we need to set the world afire and do this and that and the other thing when we're back at school and doing all these things and then going to a church that is like the fulfillment or like the, the peak of beauty that like a church can be and then comparing it to all the other churches that I've been into in my life. And it's like if we all acted the way that we just learned how to act and all of our churches looked this way, then we would not have a problem like getting people into the church and converting them and you know convincing them that we believe that this is true and that it means something you know and so i was just walking around this whole place looking at all the side altars looking at the main altar and everything and i was just i was just crying the whole time and it was it was amazing and on top of that one of our friends who was on the trip had just found out that his friend like was starting leukemia treatments that day and so we ended up like i'm i fully believe that like with what with the cathedral being or the basilica being closed when we got there and it being like Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows, and the fact that it was St. Peregrine, uh, who is the, the patron saint of the place. Like Mary totally brought us to this place and brought us there so that we could find out about St. Peregrine and ask for his intercession for our friend, our friend's friend. Um, it was just, it was incredible. So all of that happened before that awesome. we left. <laughs> and we left at <laughs> four and then the drive sucked to answer your question. <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> it was really did long. you sleep like you wanted to i did not sleep a wink on this trip oh i slept a little bit on my my first flight mm-hmm. for like 20 minutes did you just fly by yourself yeah i did oh that that is kind of a shame because we spent probably about three hours sharing glory stories on the bus which was that is so that is one good. of the uh one of the things i missed about seek too but um I wasn't going to make it back in time to do RA training. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I don't that. think if I had taken the bus. I get that. But it was it was so good. So tell me, um, kind of, did you do a bit more kind of like Seek last year where you kind of a loner, did your own thing? Or how was that with like the power sessions? Who were you with? Like yeah. what, what did all that so look like for you? Being a loner at Seek sucked. It was bad. Mm-hmm. I was like reading my I, – I reread my prayer journal during adoration. My like – and my my journal spans the entirety of last year and so i like had my seek notes in it and i was like oh wow i remember how desolate i felt and how like uplifting it was to be around my friend my close friends at school and i was like maybe maybe if i had gone to find who was at who was with franciscan i would have felt a little bit better but anyway (laughs) so uh three three really good friends of mine um i just happened to run into over and over again and my small group was full of people that I didn't really know that well. And one person that I has pretty sure has a beef with me, but at the end of the conference, we didn't have a beef. Nice. Anymore. He liked one of my tweets. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, my, my small group, I made a, I made a couple of really good friendships that I think are going to last. And I, I wasn't expecting to do that. You know, I like, I wasn't expecting to go to the conference and make friends because I besides like with people at my school, I expected to like meet new people from around the country, just not that live across campus from me. And that was a big theme of the conference was not only just going to the people that are next to you, but not having this burning desire to go across the country just to evangelize because you can do it wherever you are. Yeah. Um, I think almost every speaker hit on that. It was like, like, listen, like, even though I do this, this is not evangelization. Yeah. Which is nice when they reinforce that. I like that. Definitely. They're, they're, that's like a better version of my uh, being online is not evangelizing tweet. 
which just yeah. which just made people angry and they they did it a lot better. That's cool. Yeah. So we kind of talked so like for those that don't know like the small groups and the way that that worked at this conference was um you were mostly split up by school um uh, except if you had some like leftovers then some schools were combined groups and we would have a small group and every day every main day of the conference a third of the small group would go get trained in some way of evangelizing and the other two would go to your typical like conference talks the other two thirds of the group and then each day a different third of the group would go get trained and then come back together and then teach the other two thirds how to do the thing that they had just learned how to do so maybe it was incarnational evangelization which was fostering authentic friendships and building up friendships and meeting people and um, doing all of that. The next day was leading a Bible study. And the last day was the concept of spiritual multiplication and how that works and how to engage in that on your campus. So lots of really interesting stuff happens um, in our group. And it was just, it was really cool because I was with a whole bunch of guys from K-State, a lot of guys that I didn't really know that well, but like all guys that I really wanted to be friends with. And I had just never like broken the barrier like, cause they're all in fraternities and I used to be in a fraternity and I dropped. And so it's like, there's this kind of element of we're on different levels because Ethan's the Isidore's guy and he just does Isidore's all the time. And, um, that's our student center. And then there's all these guys that are like involved on campus and do all kinds of other things. Like I've been there and I chose to kind of remove myself from those things for the most part. And so there's this kind of wall, but I think we all got along really, really well. And it was, it was amazing to kind of see like throughout the week, like their hearts being transformed by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and like them being aware of that fact and like talking about it and being excited about it and being excited to come back to campus and like convert their friends. Well, not convert their friends, but at least just talk to their friends about it because there are so many guys, at least in the Greek scene here at K-State that are nominally Catholic, but don't do anything other than go to Sunday mass. And so like seeing all these dudes who literally were just like that a week ago, like just went to Sunday mass, come back and be like, I'm going to talk to my roommate. I've set up a time with this guy. I've set up a time with this guy. We're going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to like tell him, like try to tell him about Christ and tell him about what that means and why he needs to do more than just go to mass on Sunday. And I was like, yes, that's so cool. And it really convicted me because, you know, I've obviously been kind of bought in for a while now, but I, I let that fire die within me, you know, I don't know. How do you, what is it like? I feel like I'm interviewing you, but I actually do have this question. Like when you go to Franciscan, do you have to evangelize? And what does that mean? Yeah. So, um, my household fishers of men is actually built on the principle of evangelizing Franciscan university. That's super Um, sick. That was the founder's original intention um evangelization because and a lot of people don't understand what the new evangelization is oh yeah it's a buzzword that we throw around but it's from evangelii gaudium and john paul ii sets it up by saying like john paul ii did not write evangelii gaudium what john paul ii didn't write evangelii gaudium okay the new evangelization comes from a, a homily that he gave at St. Peter's Square, where he talked about Got we it. need a new evangelization, which is a new ardor, a new method, and a new expression. Got it. Was it? I don't think it was ever in an Who actual. Who wrote Evangelii Gaudium? Pope Francis. 
Wait. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> Patrick, how much sleep did let's, you get last let's, night? Let's, the live the live crunch episode where Patrick Yeah, it is Pope Francis. What am I thinking of? Am I what thinking are you of... doing? I don't know what you're thinking of. Oh my goodness. This is hilarious. You're right. You're right. That's so that's so funny. Yeah. Um sorry to just sorry to dunk on you mid podcast, but um you were saying no, you fine. literally said all <laughs> kinds of wrong things in a matter of like three seconds, and I was like, ah. <laughs> Turns out I don't know what the new evangelization is. Anyway, where it comes from is not what I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> there is a there. It's um. All right, cool. I'm gonna need to like relook where the. Okay, here's the problem, folks. Do you want to know what you know what the problem is? Yeah. The the quote that I was about to quote um is from my, our household's covenant, and the covenant doesn't have the citation of the quote it just has the quote so it says that there exist um sections of the faithful that have lost a living sense of the faith and because of this we are in need of a new evangelization Mm -hmm. and that's the new evangelization it's it's because the faith existed and has been lost and needs to be renewed Mm -hmm. so when we're talking about the new evangelization people like to think of electronics and social media but dumb wrong not correct (laughs) it's it's also not mass producing evangelization the new evangelization is bringing the faith back to people who have lost it, which is most people. You know, like most most Catholics, most people have had a brush with Christianity and lost the faith. You know, and like like that that video, there was a video shown at SLS where they interviewed random people on the street, and um, on the last day, they got um, they were asking them like, "Do you have friends? Do you have friends?" The first day they were asking them, like, "Do you have friends?" The second day where they like. are you close with your friends and they're like yeah 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 and then on the third day they were like catholic church what do you think and all of them had that same look nine out of eleven they said had the same look they were like yeah well like i was catholic when i was a kid but i like i don't really go to church anymore like i don't really i don't i haven't really prayed in a while and like one lady was like yeah like i just couldn't find what i needed in the catholic church those are the kinds of people we're trying to reach with the new evangelization um and so those people exist at Francis University. I know this because I am one of them. I am constantly one of them. The living sense of the faith is not something that's lost just because you didn't go to confession for 10 years. A living sense of the faith is lost when um, you it, it begins to be lost when you actively make a decision not to pray, when you actively make a decision not to continue in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And that's a mistake that I make all the time. And that was what was shown to me at SLS. I spent an an unexpected amount of time in the chapel. Like I didn't expect to spend as much time in the chapel as I did. Um, and we, we talk like, I, I don't understand how I've gone to conferences for five years and have never found time to pray because I found time to pray. Oh yeah. At this conference. Um, it might've just been because most of the conferences I went to was in high school and in high school, like you're kind of being watched all the time. So you can't go pray. Uh, me and, uh, but, uh, me and Rebecca are going to go pray in the chapel for a while. See you later. Oh, sneak, 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 sneak. Wow, that praying was really good. Good, good quality. I've never, I've never prayed with anyone named Rebecca. How dare I, you? I haven't either. Um, but yeah, high schoolers are bad, and I, I agree. As far as like the prayer time, I had a couple, couple times to go to the chapel this week, and mostly it was just me being tired and like annoyed, and but other times it was really good, and it was like good to center, center myself because the conference is just so crazy. And so nutty and so busy 
there's just so much going on that you kind of have to have that time or else I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have lost my mind. It was better than Seek. SLS was better than Seek, just hands down, like not even a question. Um, I'll probably Redemptor go... Redemptorus Missio. That's what it was. Um, Sorry. Was that JP2? I interrupted you, but... Yeah, that's JP2. Uh, from oh no, I found it in a blog post on focusoncampus.org written by our friend Kevin Cotter. Oh, sweet. Um, the most clear new definition of the new evangelization is in the encyclical Redemptoris Missio. Okay, it wasn't in section thirty-three. Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, that's where the quote comes from. All right, cool. Not evangelicalium. <laughs> Not Pope Francis. <laughs> um, I don't read encyclicals. That's okay. I just come nars. I yeah. So. Also, shout out to the Cotters, straight up. They're super cool. We hung out with them. We hung out with Kevin and Lisa Cotter at because if you don't know, we interviewed them last year. Feel free to scroll back and listen to that interview. It was really good. Um, but we sat and I drank a five dollar PBR. Another tight side tangent: the hotel bar PBR cost five dollars. I bought so many cool of them listening to our podcast. That's a lot. Shouldn't <laughs> I shouldn't have done that? But it was the oh man sidetrack again the bar was the best part of the whole thing so yeah it's weird i had so much fun just sitting and talking to people and meeting people and learning about what they're doing at their campus like so my focus missionary i'm filled with so much joy right now i love talking about this so my focus missionary her name is jordan um i love jordan to death she is an amazing friend she's an amazing missionary she's truly like a great example of what it means to like give your life up for Christ and go on mission. She's awesome. She graduated from Texas A&M. And so her and I have gotten pretty close this semester. Like we, we hang out um, and I'm like naturally predisposed to make friends with women. So it's not surprised, but um, she like would always tell me like, Ethan, you remind me so much of my friends at K-State. Like I cannot wait for you to meet them. Um, I can't wait for you to meet all these guys. And so I met all of her friends, all of her man friends from Texas A&M or some that were missionaries now. And I got along with them so, so well. And we would just sit in the bar and we talked until two in the morning just about what we were doing and what K-State was like and what Texas A&M was like and what we were going to do when we came and visit each other. And it was like just an immediate friendship hitting it off. And it was kind of a surreal moment because you realize like you can be like we, we talk about division a lot. And we talk about how hard it is to evangelize to people, but like when people are this on fire, it's really hard to not like relate to them because we all have the same like mission, you know? And so, and maybe I'm just overthinking this, but it was crazy how well people got along at SLS because we were all, I think it was just, and this going back to my original point of how good of a conference this was, this is different than Seek because people are there for a reason and people are there to learn how to evangelize their campuses and learn how to literally light the world on fire, literally figuratively light the world on fire um, <laughs> and and do all these things. And at Seek, it's much more of a everybody come no matter where you're at. But it's like this was a leadership summit. These are the leaders. These are the people that I identify with a lot. And so it was just really cool to get everybody together and everybody got along so well and – I just really saw Christ in just meeting random people and talking to them until 2 a.m. in a bar, even if the PBR was expensive. And I think that is kind of getting a sense of the church around the country, more so just in your little small pocket of Catholicism, is so, 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 so important. 
because you yeah. get ideas, you get an understanding of what people are doing elsewhere in the country. You get a, you get a feel that you're not alone, which I think is really important. Like even people come, came up to me a lot and be like, Hey, do you have the podcast? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you, your guys' podcast helped me because I felt like I was alone in ministry like at my campus center. I'm like, that's, I mean, that's awesome, but that's so sad that you felt alone, you know? And I really hope that this week changes that, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I had a couple of good bar conversations. Shout out, shout out Tracy, focus missionary at um, university of Minnesota Duluth. That was fun. I met her in Orlando and we became good friends. She wanted to meet you, but she never got a chance to, I don't think. Oh, Tracy. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I wanted to meet her too. Gotcha. Dang, that sucks. Tracy, I'm sorry. There are a lot of people that I wanted to meet that were there that I couldn't meet. Mm. There was just not enough time. Like I met so many people just walking around and I still didn't even meet everybody. You know? Yeah. It was nuts. It was absolutely oh. nuts. There's just so many people. There were so many people. It was crazy. It it felt as big as Seek, even though it was smaller. Yeah. Which I liked. I liked that a lot. Because logistically it's easier to get around and to do things but it still feels really really big crowded is crowded just like cold is just cold there's there's just a point of no return where it's just crowded regardless and mm -hmm. you can't really notice the difference yeah um also speaking of the cold i hate you chicago <laughs> <laughs> my goal was to not leave the comp uh, the conference center for five days but i got weaseled out of it um to go to dinner and stuff with my friends and it was it was not fun. I don't like I don't like how cold it was. My to, <laughs> my tozy wozies were gonna fall off. Yo, I was I envied all of the with an with an unsinful envy all of the people that got to walk around not carrying their winter coats because we live we were in the Hilton which was oh, a drive no. from the convention center and so we had to put our coats on to go outside of the bus to sit on a hot bus, which was fine. Uh -huh. Like we didn't need our coats there, and then we needed to, we needed our coats for the walk to the bus. From the conference center and then conference center to the bus and then bus to the hotel. Literally, we needed it for a total of 20 seconds mm -hmm. all day. Mm -hmm. But I had to carry the coat all day. Did How you do not... you do it in the north? I don't like this. I just put it in my I backpack. Stay in the south. All day. My backpack had stuff in it. It was too full. I look like a nerd. Okay, well, take all of your stuff out of it because you probably don't even need that stuff anyway. It had books. I did need the books. You read all of the books that you brought. I read, I read the two books that I brought and then I had a bunch of like vendor stuff. Ooh. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it was just me not wanting my backpack to be bulky, and I'd rather carry my coat. You my just gotta, be you gotta own it, dude. At a conference, everybody's backpack's gonna be bulky. Everybody's gonna be looking like a nerd. Oh, back up to what everybody looks like. Um, everybody seemed to dress up and look really good <laughs> at this conference. <laughs> kind of freaked me out. <laughs> not that I was wearing sweats every day. Yeah, I but had. Dang, folks! If you were there, there's a way to step up. I'm proud of you. Yeah, way to way to look good. Way I mean, to, to be fair, it's just a bunch of like super holy young adults in the same area, dressed to all impress. Single, gotta find the honeys. You know what it is? The honeys. The honeys. I wore black on black the first the first day and the last day. I looked weird. I didn't care. Yeah. It was warm. Um, I usually just wore hoodies. Maybe put it. Maybe put a jersey over the top. Thursday, that was pretty funny. Oh yeah, Ethan got on stage. I don't know if if some of our listeners were there, but Ethan got called up on stage for a dance competition. I shouted DJ Pillowcase from 
the crowd, but nobody heard or Yikes. cared except for people immediately around me. Yeah. Um, I got robbed. Some guy next to me did the splits, and there was no chance that I could win. But that was his only dance move. And they it also it wasn't you winning; it was the guys and the girls winning. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, I could have won. I could have made it to the final round. Is what I'm saying. Got it. And the the worst thing is that um, they played blues music, which I get. Or Chicago, you want to play blues, but they told us backstage it was going to be hip hop, so I was ready to I was ready to go down. And yeah, you looked weird because you were wearing the jersey over the hoodie. Yeah, you looked like you were ready to throw down some hip hop. Yeah, and then <laughs> it was alright. Anyway, it was fun. Um, what were you saying before I cut you off with that Redemptorist Missio quote? Oh, I don't remember. Uh. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What so we've we've talked a lot about like the conference, but like what happened? I just want to know like how your heart was changed or if your heart was changed at all, like about mission, about ministry, about maybe not even related to those things at all. But um, what did like what did Christ do in your heart this week? <laughs> so first of all, on day one, he uh, the the best the best part of the conference was the count the counsel i was given by my focus missionary nathaniel um and also his wife and daughter were there and his daughter is like five months old and she's the cutest baby on the planet um and i held that baby and that was the other best part of the conference but the counsel i received from nathaniel um the first day i was there and this is me bearing my heart to you people so i i hope i hope you don't judge me too hard um i like went i was talking to him about how i went to seek and i was like yeah i was kind of just at seek to hang out with my friends um, and he was like, are you saying that like you didn't think you were going to learn anything at Seek? And I was like, oh, no, like I wasn't saying that because I knew that if I had said yes, I was saying that that would make me sound like a prideful asshole. Oh, sorry. Can I say that on the podcast? It's fine. We'll keep it in. Um, but the truth is, I did feel like that. I did feel like I was just going to hang out with my friends. And I did feel like I couldn't be taught anything. Um, and I did feel like not above, but separate from the group as a whole because mm-hmm. i was like there for my friends so i don't really care if i miss a couple of sessions um so that was for that was step one of jesus being like hey patrick stop stop this stop this is nonsense stop this come come closer i'm like all right cool so i can learn something so that was the first step opening up my heart to like being open to actually learn something um because i I still need to be taught uh and taking me down a peg which is nice and then on the last day our um sorry two days ago on day four, he, I stopped him and I asked him, I was like, Hey, Nathaniel, do you do spiritual direction? And he was like, no, actually I don't. Um, but I do like, because apparently you have to have like a certification to be a spiritual director. Like you have to there's like hmm. canon law stuff you have to know. And Interesting. All this stuff. Yeah. So it's like, it's like really deep stuff, but he's like, I can give you like mentorship. There's two, those are two different things. 
And so like, all right, cool. And so I talked to him and I was like, I don't really know how, how I asked him this question, but I, I said, I felt kind of like the rich young man. Mm. I felt like God was demanding and that I wasn't like an answer like that. You know, that I, I, I go up to, I go up to Christ and it's like, all right, like I've kept the commandments my whole life. I do everything right, but I'm not there yet. Like what, what else is there for me to do? Um, and there's two ways to ask that question. There's like the, um, the humble way to ask that question. Like, Jesus, like, what more can I do? Like, I want to do more. And there's also like the prideful rhetorical question. Like, what else can I do? Uh-huh. You know, like yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And so I definitely think that this conference was moving me from the second one to the first one, you know, like moving me from the rhetorical question to actually asking that question. Um, and Nathaniel was like, uh, you know, you need, you need to spend time with Christ. Uh, you need to spend time in, in silent conversation. Not pr- how often do you pray? Just nothing around you. Just like not a rosary, like scripture beginning, like beginning with scripture. But then after that, how often do you spare to s- spend staring at the Eucharist? And I was like, barely any time at all. And he's like, that's a problem. Barely any time anymore. I used to, but I lost it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was talking about before. Like losing that living sense of the faith. Mm. It ends you right back up where you started before. Um, and you feel discouraged and you're like, but I've been working my whole life to get here. Like, why am I feeling so bad? It was like, well, you stopped working. That's what happened, Patrick. Um, and so he told me, he was like, you need, you need to spend. Um, well, he didn't tell me what I needed to spend, but he told me what he spent. He said he spends a holy hour, 15 minutes of, of Lexio, and then um, 10 minutes at the end for intercessory prayer. That's 25 minutes. The rest of the time in his holy hour, he spends just staring at Christ and contemplating Christ and having a conversation with Christ. Wow. I'm like, wow. That's awesome. That's intense. Yeah. I'm not there yet. And so that's what I felt Christ was calling me to do. He's like, this is this is what you need to do. And instead of walking away dejected, I think he what Jesus is asking me to do is he's asking me to sell my time. I I worship my time like an idol. I find myself after like a really long conversation, be like, that was great, checking the time. Holy crap, it's three hours later. You worship your time. I worship my oregano. Please don't make that the title. <laughs> I'm sorry. Carry on. It was a dumb joke. Keep going. No, it's fine. <laughs> so um, I find myself like end of a really good conversation. Like, oh, crap. I can't believe how much time I wasted on that great conversation. Mm. And I've had people say like, Patrick, but it was it was well it was well spent. Yeah, because you can't you can't schedule this kind of encounter. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's true. But I still like I still regret the time that I've wasted because I, 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 I value my own autonomy and my own ability to plan out and like do things my way. Totally. Um, and so I felt God calling me to like sacrifice more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like proverbially selling my possessions and selling your possessions takes time. Um, it You can't just sell everything you own right away. So like if the rich young man had accepted Christ's call and turned and went to sell up his possessions. It would have taken him maybe a couple of days to sell like the small things. But after like, like selling the big things is tough. First of all, it's hard to part with them. It's hard to find someone who'll buy them. But that time you spend um, selling the possessions that you own, right, is evangelization. So the three words when I was reading the scripture, where the young man comes from is like, if you wish to be perfect, go sell everything you have. So go is number two. Perfect is one. Go is number two. And then come follow me. 
Uh, this is the third part that I was meditating on. So he's like, Christ is saying, go sell everything you own. And as the rich young man would would have sold his stuff, people would have asked him why he's doing that. Mm. And he would have told them. Mm. And then it's possible when he comes back to follow Christ, he has people coming with him. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's what I've uh, found myself called to do. Um, Nathaniel told me that if I wanted to continue mentorship with him, he would make me start a Bible study. And at first I was like, uh, <laughs> and then I was like, and he's like, honestly, like it, it changed. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll do it. I don't know how to do it, but I'll do it. I guarantee you the first thing I'm going to try to do is like, a, is like a theology lesson. And that's not what I want to do, but that's like the, that's like my comfortable. Patrick, we learned how to, we learned how to lead a Bible study this week. Just do that. Yeah, I missed that session. What do you mean you missed that session? I was in the chapel during that session. I actually lost track of time. Like the freshman that I was that was in my small group that I really like got along with. He came up, he was like, Hey, like, where were you? Not like, hey, where were you? But he was like, Hey, where were you? Like he wanted me to be there and he missed me. And I was like, Man. I've had I've had people ask me where I was when I like miss um a commitment or something. And they ask me like where was I as like a way to like lord it over me, you know, mm. like how dare you not be here with us? Like we I'm, sacrifice, weren't you? I'm saying that to lord it over you. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Disappointed. But he so then from what when he said that, I was like, Oh man, I I feel bad. I don't want to miss any more of the conference. So I made sure to spend my time wisely. There you go. That's pretty cool. $400 down the drain. I didn't learn how to lead a Bible study. <laughs> no, not at all. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> and if we don't understand it now, then it'll become clear in time. Or in eternity. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, was your C- how was your SLS? Um, how, did, how did Christ change your heart? Yeah, so I... So I went to the talks. I went to all the talks, unlike our boy P. Nevy over here. And How dare you? I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. And <laughs> so I, it's really easy to make fun of the keynote speakers because they're the same every time. And Which we did. <laughs> which, which we did. And it's like easy to kind of pick at the low-hanging fruit and take pot shots, you know, at Whoever is talking, because at least for people like Patrick and I, we've we've kind of been around the block a couple times. Um, yeah. None of it is really new, but that does not change the fact that what they say is true and can still impact you. So, yeah, every talk ends with someone saying "set the world on fire," mm-hmm. but it's still good to know. Exactly, like these these truths don't tire out. They're not. You can't get bored of uh, Christ. So. Dr. Ted Shree's talk was, um, he did the thing with the scribbles. Um, yeah. And so he was, he held up a picture that his daughter drew when she was like three. Um, and she said, daddy, look what I did. And he was talking about how bad a dad he would be, or like, I drew you, right? It was a picture of him. (laughs) And he was talking about how bad of a dad he would be. And he said, don't you dare ever draw anything again until you draw me perfectly. And he's saying like how what a good dad would do is say, you know, support the daughter, love her regardless, you know, um, and keep encouraging her to try. 
And so just thinking about that was like, shoot, you know, because obviously he's relating it to God the Father and, you know, how much we try to emulate him and imitate him. And we don't always do well. We almost always fail because the call to be perfect as your father is perfect is, is really hard to achieve. And it's, I mean, it's the, it's, it's nigh impossible, I would say. But uh, it's something to always strive for. And so I was thinking about this, and we got to adoration that night, and I was praying, and God kind of told me, or I kind of told God, or I don't really know how who told who, but it was like, God desires me. God wants me. God wants Ethan. God does not want Ethan, comma, when he picks up an extra holy hour. God does not want Ethan, comma, when he reads more of the Bible. God does not want Ethan, comma, when he prays more every day. God does not want Ethan comma when he converts people. God does not want Ethan comma when he leads Bible studies, etc., etc., etc. Like God just wants Ethan, right? And he wants me today and he wants me tomorrow and he wants me every day for the rest of eternity. And like understanding that and knowing that kind of changes a lot of things because he literally just wants me to try and keep trying. And I should do my best and I can't sell myself short because I know what I can, what I can be and what I can achieve and like how, how strong my prayer life can be. But if I stumble, if I fail, if I'm not doing something that I see somebody else doing, it's okay because he just wants me. And so like understanding that was kind of, it was pretty big. It was one of those connections that's like, I know it up here, but I never really internalized it in my heart. Um, and I think I finally did that. So classic. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty big, um, for me. And then just like changing my heart and knowing that like, I really do want to be friends with all these men and work together at K state to really evangelize on this campus. And I don't know. I'm excited about it. It was really good. It was a very good conference. Yeah, it really was. It was, it was the best conference I've been to, I think ever it was a flipping roller coaster man yeah i just i started out the conference like dry and just sad mm. and like i don't know what it was i was like i just probably just need a good night's sleep and so i got a good night's sleep woke up didn't help mm. i was like oh geez all right i was like in the chapel every day i was like god like why am i not about this and like everyone everyone could tell i was not having a good conference yikes i just i i would talk to people and i'd be like trying my best to like have a good conversation but like that kid that i was talking to his name's christian christian's a cool guy he was like hey man are you like are you okay i'm our first small group and i was like yeah i mean i'm just having i was like i had to be honest you can see right through me i was like yeah i'm just not really feeling it um but hopefully i do eventually and then adoration was a whole turning point i oh, just yeah. i felt so it always low. is it always is when when um <laughs> Uh, when I did high school ministry, um, and you'd ask your small group, like, what's your favorite part of the retreat? They're like, oh, man, adoration. Everyone says adoration. Um, we made it, like, a rule that you couldn't just say adoration. You had to, like, say a specific part about adoration. Okay. And so, um, which is, like, makes sense. But when, when someone um, asked me, like, what was your favorite part of the conference so far? I just, like, I, I felt it come out. I, like, I was like, I felt like I was back in high school in my first retreat. I was like, <laughs> adoration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Nathaniel, right as I said it, he was like, what part? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Um, but I, I read through my entire journal, which spans from the beginning of my sophomore year of, of college. 
and it had a bunch of highs, a bunch of lows, a bunch of successes, a bunch of failures. Um, I noticed some things that the parts where I shared my heart with my journal were not as um, as frequent as when I shared my head mm. with my journal. And the times that I shared my heart with my journal were the times when I was um, going to adoration and like just talking with Jesus. And so Nathaniel told me to start writing dialogues between me and Christ. Um, just like in my journal, like Patrick, Jesus, Patrick, Jesus. And I did it and it really helped. And like, I really felt Christ talking to me. Cool. And I can say that I've rediscovered my relationship with Christ. Wow. Cause it wasn't something that never existed, but it's definitely something that I remember now. I'm like, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I remember you. <laughs> That's right. So I don't want to lose it again. I hope you don't. Same. I hope none of us do. It's too good to lose. There's a there's a Mark Hart there's a Mark Hart talk where he talks about David and Goliath and how Goliath kept the five stones that he used to kill Goliath and Goliath's sword. Um and he says, Because to forget is to die. Whoa. If you forget what happened to you, you will die. And like you, you can't you can't just have this profound experience and be like, I'm totally gonna remember it because honestly, like David defeated Goliath and then like God did amazing things through him and he still committed murder and adultery. You know, like there's, mm-hmm, there's no, mm-hmm. you can't, um, and imagine like if he hadn't remembered like how far he further, he would have fallen. Mm. And it's like, you can't, you can't forget no matter how big the event is. You can't um, overlook finding a way to remember the event. Yeah. You can forget the conference. You can forget the talks, but you can't forget Christ. So, Yes. Keep keep it one hundo. I think it's a good pretty good place to start keep it, wrapping keep it, it up. Keep it three hundo. Keep it three hundo. Um I just want to do just a couple shout outs for the folks that may or may not be listening. Um I tried to remember everybody's name that I met and I'm gonna try and go through the list, but we'll see. Um so shout out Mallory, Kevin, TJ, Riley. Uh, hold on, hold Trey. on. No, look at the look at the camera while you're talking. Sorry. I don't want you to have some no, kind of I'm, list I'm, on your second. No, I, I literally don't have another list. I'm like I'm trying. I'm looking off into this as to try to remember. <laughs> um, Molly, Paige, Bella, Allison, Clayton, Luke, Chadwick, Jose, Carlos, Emma. <laughs> it's okay. I can't. Emma, remember. Kaylee, Travis. Cool. Oh, I met your friend Karina. Um, hey, Karina, I got you. I met Lauren's friend. Lauren, if you're listening, I don't remember your friend's name, but the one that works for PAL. Sydney, right? Sydney. Sydney. Okay, thank you. That's why you're here. Yes. Um, Lily. Lauren's not listening. Lauren's not listening. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's that's just about everybody. There were a lot of people. There's probably a couple that I missed. So if I missed you, I'm sorry. I really tried to remember everybody. But shout out to each and every one of you that were there. Um I just wanted to do that real quick because I told all of you that I would give you a shout out and I didn't want to lie and not actually do that. So thank you. Thank um, you for listening. If if we met at the conference and had a conversation, I'm saying this not because I don't remember any of the conversations I had. I had a conversation with um, Catherine Shannon's friends mm-hmm. um, and they had, we had a really good talk after that conversation I had with Nathaniel where he told me to like go were the first people i ran into and they were so willing to like hear me and like mm. talk to me and like kind of process things 
and also laugh. Like they were with a priest that he was just the funniest guy ever. Cool. Um, I told him he'd like catching foxes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, so shout out those guys. Um, shout out Courtney, shout out Tracy. Um, shout out Claudio, shout out Christian. And I can't remember people's names. I that's, feel okay. So bad. that's okay. Patrick. I also met a girl. Everyone's bad with names. Yeah. Everyone's bad with names. You met, we met the same Courtney. Courtney Kilbasa. Yeah. What a wonderful lady she is. She's so cool. Anyway, if, if you're interested in poetry, look her up. Um, yeah, so Patrick, if anybody's listening to this that's new, tell them where they can find our stuff. So first and foremost, you can find me and Ethan on Twitter at BroPostle for Ethan at Catholic Pat for myself on Instagram at Ethan Stevie or at Patrick Nevy, III. Um, you can find us on Facebook.com slash the Crunchcast, www.thecrunchcast.com. Or you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the crunch. Um, follow Ethan on Tinder. I'm just kidding. Whoa. Whoa. You can't, you can't follow people. On. Uh, I mean, I wish. I'd have... Not an okay joke to make. That, I don't actually know how Tinder works. That's pretty funny. No, that was good. Um, there's no there's no following on Tinder. Um, I had someone explain to me Tinder very loudly in a comedy club the other night. I actually asked. They sound really, someone, I was like, okay, really can funny. You, can you? I was like, can you actually explain to me how Tinder works? And this guy is loudly explaining Tinder, and the people behind me are just looking over because they know what he's describing. Like, why is this person describing Tinder? It was really funny. Um, I'm gonna do this um, crunch of the week. This is from. This is actually from Tracy. Crunch of the week. Uh, who I didn't meet. <gasps> Tracy, I'm so sorry that I didn't. She meet finally you. did it. Yeah. She finally did it. She was telling me how she couldn't figure out how to make a review. If she was like, I've I've hit the button. I don't know what's going on, Pat. I'm sorry. I pulled these from iTunes. Uh, please do a review and you'll be the crunch of the week. Uh, these Boys, Am I Right? by Tracy K. All Day. Top-notch stuff. I was told about the crunch this summer and started listening then, and I have loved every dang minute of it. Ethan and Patrick do a fantastic job of balancing intellectual conversation about the faith with necessary memeology and clan-based humor. I think we already read this one. Anyway, I'm very impressed by their ability to be humble and also bold, and I frequently laugh out loud when I'm listening to the episodes in my car. Y'all are great. Thanks for creating. See you at SLS. Sorry that I didn't see you, but that's okay. Wait a second, but she said see you at SLS, but she told me at SLS that she couldn't it, post her review. She might Tracy, not, please. She might not have realized that it had posted, because it says December 28th yeah, Tracy. on there. Okay. Yeah. Tracy, shout out. Please let us know that you post please let us know that you know that you posted the review cool because the last thing we would want is more reviews from the same person exactly um (laughs) all right well thank you for thank you for sharing your heart pat this was a good wrap-up of sls 2k18 a good a good start to coin to 20 great team i think 20 this is part two of 20 great team it really is yeah this is the fulfillment of all of our wishes and desires um all right, well, I'm going to close it. Thank you all Good. for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitter.